So are you originally from Atlanta? I am. I am. And I'm actually, I'm back here for the first time in three years. Wow. Yeah. What, uh, where, where were you living for three years? Um, <laughs> the last year is, I mean, it's crazy for everyone. Uh, between, I was in Europe for a while. Um, I moved to LA for, uh, I mean, just during the pandemic, moved to LA the pandemic happened. Didn't want to be in LA. So I went to Long Island to work for like my ex's family. Uh, then ended up, that didn't work out. Ended up in rehab for a little while. Ended up in West Texas. Then I was in the Catskills this summer and now I'm back in Atlanta. It's a busy three years, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot, a lot of, of that. Was, a lot of that was just this actually. Yeah. During the whole, I think I lived like nine different places during the pandemic. Wow. Are you, are you most comfortable in Atlanta? Right now, right now I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, I'm here. I'm taking care of some elderly relatives. So um, uh, right now this is where I need to be, but yeah, I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta's home. I mean, LA, I'm definitely not super comfortable in LA. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like being in LA, but you know, I have no I have no roots there. It's scary. I don't know anyone. There. I mean, I know some people, but yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like that's what like you know, when all this shit hits the fan, like it is now. Like LA is kind of like, well, you know, that's what it's gonna look like first. I feel like that's the first place it's gonna erupt. Yeah, I mean, what four million people or something like that? I'm. Mean, it's it's a lot of people. Oh no! Way more than four million. Atlanta is like four million. LA oh, Atlanta is four million. Yeah, LA's got to be 12, 13 million. Wow, that's crazy. I don't, I don't mean to diss LA though. No, but uh, no. Yeah. You said it. Fuck them. That's what you said. <laughs> uh, no, Atlanta's home. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here for a while. It's good. That's good. And are you with relatives? It's always good. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff were you getting into as a kid for fun? Oh, uh, I, a lot of tree houses, a lot of playing in the woods, uh, played baseball. I was, I was actually swimming and I was a swim, swim guy diving too. won some awards diving, uh, pretty out. I was pretty outdoorsy. You know, we lived like right on the edge of the city. So there was, there's woods and creeks and stuff. My, you know, my granddad was a big outdoorsman. So I was fishing a lot with him uh sure riding four wheelers it was a pretty like kind of childhood i mean i said i got in a lot of trouble too but uh what kind, what kind of trouble were you, were you getting yourself into when i was a little kid you know like i wasn't allowed to play with a lot of the other kids in the neighborhood like fire you know just dumb stuff like firecrackers and used to ding dong ditch a lot you know, just like the classic stuff, smash mailboxes. It got a little progressively like worse as I got into like middle school and then my brief stint in high school. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you uh, finish high school? No, no. no I got to uh, I got kicked out in tenth grade. Oh, I got nice. I got I got I actually got shipped out to the wilderness when I was sixteen. I got sent to Montana for this like. It was like, uh, it was a wilderness camp for, it was basically a ranch and they, you had to, for like a few months, you worked on this cattle ranch 
And then like two months while you're doing that, you know, and it was frozen up there. So you're like on this frozen cattle ranch, like, like using pickaxes to get the, like the manure out and like build barns. It's kind of like forced labor. Um, but you learn how to read maps and kind of do like the, all the snow stuff, outdoor stuff. Cause you're training. Cause your big thing, uh, before you leave there is you go on this two month camping trip and they just drop you, they drop you off at point A and you have, we were there like 58, 58 or 59 days. You get to point B, you, you know, you read the topography maps. You have one guy that, like I was 16 and you have one person that's like not, I don't know if we were inmates, but you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. One guy who was not there, who, who was there by choice. And he kind of knew, you know, he knew where we were going, but if you, you know, at the end of the day, if, if it was your day to read the map and you went that whole way at the end of the day, you'd be like, well, I know this never happened to me, but it, for example, it would be like, we're going to have to backtrack tomorrow because Jared read this blah, blah, blah wrong. Yeah. Another rule that kind of sucked, it was like, take only pictures, leave only footprints, which meant no fires. We had like a Bunsen burner and like no toilet paper. So you can imagine, uh, you know, you'd have to use snow. Lovely. One kid got cheeky and I think he, you know, tried to use a stick. There was an infection. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was like, looking back on it, it was kind of funny. And like, it, there were parts of it that were kind of fun. I guess it was better than school. But, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that, I mean that's, it sounds like an adventure. It sounds like what you needed at the time. Yeah, I mean, I did. I needed a lot more, but, you know, it it's, was. It's a start. It's a step in the right direction. It was a start, for sure. <laughs> what was your first job? First job was, I was working at my grand. Uh, my grandfather's during the summers, he uh, made like electronic stuff. I was probably like 11 and I wasn't having to run any of the machinery and stuff. It was like packing industrial tape and boxes and sweeping and stuff like that. But I guess my first job that I wanted, wanted to go out and get, um, no, we had a bunch of them. I think maybe Jiffy Lube was one. Great you know, place that Jiffy Lou. Yeah, well, that's where like a lot of the kids work. Walked off that job. Um, <laughs> we actually, me and Cole, I think right after the Jiffy Lou, me and Cole and our old drummer Joe, um, and a few other kids from our high school. So it was like three backlits. We all worked at this Panera Bread, and uh, we had this boss that was, she was a real pain in the ass, and she. It was just like hassling us like crazy. And, you know, you can't unionize there, but there was enough of us. There's the three of us and like three other of our buddies. And so we unionized one morning. It was like a Sunday morning and they were slammed. And uh, yeah, we walked off the job. And so we just went, we threw our aprons down and sat outside and we're like, we're not going back to work until you apologize to us. And she wasn't the big manager. She was like the shift manager or whatever. So the big boss had to come and he was always a dick to us, but he was, you know, please, you guys just come in, just come. We, cause they were screwed if, if they didn't, I guess he was the guy franchise cause they're like franchised out. And we're like, no, we're not coming back in until Shelly apologizes to us. So she had to apologize to us. 
but then one by one we started getting canned like the next week like i think i was the first to go like i came in the next weekend and he was like his name was jeff he was like jared check the schedule i was like well i don't see myself on it he's like correct you don't worry you know like a day off (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't you know i wasn't paying rent i didn't have a mortgage it was great for me uh you know and we felt really good for like standing up for ourselves yeah good on you man (laughs) fuck the man yeah (laughs) what was your first car volkswagen quantum which i've never seen another one of those before i i don't think they made a or they didn't import many of those to the states but that one i've never even heard of that before (laughs) yeah i i still haven't seen it kind of looked like I mean, saying it looks like a DeLorean makes it sound really cool. It wasn't super cool, but it kind of had that shape a little bit and that same gray color. But I lost that really fast. Like, I think I got that two months before getting kicked out of school and then getting sent to Montana. I got a DUI like immediately and at a Waffle Waffle House and um, At at a Waffle House. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm assuming you went there to go to go eat after drinking and then yeah that's where all the kids down here like like where we would hang out on weekends and i wasn't even dry oh well i tried to drive i they you know it was getting rowdy in there and um they asked me to leave so i was like well yeah i'll leave and i tried to peel out and got my car stuck on like a retaining wall <sighs> And it's like, actually, Cole was there too. You know, the my my partner was like trying to push the car, and the police came. And uh, yeah, I got to. And see, that's why I never got upset with my parents for sending me away, because I totally, especially especially now, but even back then, I understood. I was like, you know, a lot of the kids I was up there with were real pissed and bitter and had a lot of resentment. You know, and I was one of the. Once I got up there, I was one of the more behaved kids. Some of these kids were like total fucking psychopaths, and I was like, you, you like I'd hear the stories of how they got up there. Mine was pretty bad, you know, kicked out of school, the DUI thing, and then I got arrested for another thing. It was all like within like one month. I went to jail twice in a month, and I was sixteen. So it's like, of course, even when my parents were picked me up from jail the second time. I was like, oh, we're not going home, are we? We're like going to the airport. I totally understood. I was like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised y'all aren't doing more. They're, they were kind of out of options. But other kids up in Montana were like, they couldn't believe, I can't believe I'm up here. Like people had like just done pretty bad shit. Everyone there was like age 14 to 18. Uh, that's that's so insane that you had you had the forethought then you're like yeah 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 I'm I'm fucking up here like I gotta we gotta change something to make this to make this better I mean like that's in just crazy that in, in the mind of a 16 year old to be like yeah I'm the I'm the issue here like let me let me go resolve yeah, this I mean big time and I knew I was lucky I mean I was really lucky that you know there was a little bit a little bit of privilege there because a lot of kids could have been in juvenile. I mean, I could have very easily gone on a much different path. I mean, it's not like, you know, it was, it's not like I went to college or 
got like a great career or anything, but you know, I did like, I knew kids that went to like juvenile or, you know, forced to enlist in the army. I would have been a little too young, but you know, I was right at that age. Well, you got the air force shirt on, man. You're ready to go. You're ready to ship out. (laughs) I I never did any. I was just at the uh, army Navy store a couple of days ago. Trying Trying to find a jacket. That's a good place to get jackets if, if you don't know the, the, the viewers of this. That's, that, that's where you go get the good jackets, the, the good yeah. quality quality workwear. Yeah, I like the Peacoats. Actually, that's, I don't really, I don't go shopping. That's pretty much the only place I'll buy clothes. Like, uh, thrift stores kind of suck for, I don't know, thrift stores, maybe I don't look hard enough. I used to get a lot of good stuff when I was younger, but now it's like, I mean, now it's like, you get a shirt like a 10 year old or 15 year old shirts from like 2010 it's from like american eagle or something yeah and i guess i don't know just i don't have any luck there yeah i i used to i used to find stuff when i was was real young like uh like 10 or 11 and then now it's it's a very popular thing and then so people are buying up like like and there's, there's quality stuff in there i remember like coming across like north face stuff like this is a very expensive jacket you know but now it's being flipped and sold at like higher re- or higher, you know. Yeah, I think that might they, they, those people might be the culprits. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> is where where are these quality clothing going to? <laughs> but uh, but w- when did you start playing music? When when did you start kind of get into that? Um, kind of later. Like I wasn't like. I mean, I played violin in sixth grade. I don't know how old you are in sixth grade, like, like 11. Because I wanted to play like a stringed instrument. That was the closest to guitar. That sounds um, right. 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But then like, show like seventh grade, which is like the, yeah, like seventh grade is when I decided I wanted to be in a band. Uh, and that was before I really got instrument it was like more fantasy for like the first couple of years the first couple of years i was in a band i was only in a band like in my head um wasn't like for real on a band but um but yeah we we did this i was probably like our band before the blacklets we had me and cole had this band called the renegades and i was probably 14 when we played like our first show and like we figured out enough to like make yeah, it wasn't like good, but like we like could get up there and put on a show. Yeah, but you're doing it. I mean, that's that's better than a lot of other people's, you know. I was kind of jealous of like I come from I have a big family and there's been a lot of divorces and marriages, but my my two younger brothers grew up with my dad and he's a preacher, so they grew up in the church, which means they technically a million times better than me because both of them started when they were like two years old like playing at church and my mom maybe despite my dad didn't want me playing music because his side of the family is all musicians and and in the ministry and stuff so she wanted me to play sports like I remember my dad really wanted me to take piano lessons when I was a boy but my mom was like no I think you know he's gonna stick with baseball and swimming and diving yeah, and you did. I did. I won nine in the Georgia games for diving when I was, oh, I would say probably 10 or 11. 
It's the purple metal. This is a big year, this 10, 11, six, sixth grade year. A lot of stuff's happening for you. Yeah, big, big changes. <laughs> big changes. Um, how, what, if you don't mind me asking, what is your relationship with religion? Since, I mean, your, your, your dad was in the church and, and, your, and your younger brothers, you said that were brought up uh, spiritual or at least yeah. in, a, in a religious. What is, what is your relation to it? I have a pretty good relationship with it. You know, uh, my every, every, every one of my family on my father's side going back generations. Um, I wish I had a picture of, of, well, going back generations, they're all, all ministers, like big preaching family in the South. Um, my great grandpa, my great grandfather, actually, I can probably pull up a picture. He was called the walking Bible. And he was famous for that because he could quote any part of the Bible. He traveled around like doing big, those big tent revivals and stuff. He met with King of England one time to teach King Edward to talk to him about tithing. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's wild. That's my, uh, my family is, um, it's like, it's, it's like, but it's uh, very like inclusionary. Like none of them have ever believed in hell. Like I go to my cousin's church on Sundays. Um, it's actually an all, I grew up in an all black church. Uh, the only white people around there were me. Um, my father, my father had a mega church up until he came, he came out of the closet in like 20, I want to say and it was like kind of a national news story um he kind of lost all his a big part of his um denomination um so it's like I got no problem with God and all that stuff there was like actually being in those churches when I was a kid it kind of influenced me a lot with the the music we do because that it's one of those ones where they they don't do it anymore but they did it when I was younger like speaking in tongues and like straight like like people screaming and like with the snakes call too yeah no but uh there is a funny story i've heard about my uh great grandpa earl pearly paul the walking bible they say because like the pentecostals a lot of baptists and methodists and stuff would in my too they would kind of say like oh there's a snake handlers and i guess it's i mean it's in the same like Snake handlers are Pentecostal, but it's such, you'll never see one. They're in tiny churches that are, you know, all probably by now, almost all died out. I mean, it's just like one church will be a whole family, but my great grandpa was, you know, cause they'd travel like horse buggy to these big tent revivals. And um, they said some townspeople came out and were like, hey, preacher, man, you're gonna handle this snake trying to scare him and threw a snake at him and they say that he grabbed the snake and it turned into a, a staff and he broke it over his knee that's intense i'd like to believe that's true but that's the uh that's the uh that's the story that's that's a legend but they're like big fiery preachers and it was it was actually cool music uh it's like gospel music and just like the energy i would see i'd always be like man if if you had this kind of energy at like a rock and roll show because there's no alcohol it's 10 in the morning and all these people are just like going ballistic it was i always had a good time there and it's not like a 
you know, it's not one of those churches where, you know, they don't tell people, they don't like condemn people and tell people what to do. It's kind of just like a, I don't know, I look at it as like a really nice community and, you know, I, I don't want to get too into it, but, you know, I believe in God. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that, and that's, and that's fine for sure. Absolutely. I, I, I do as well. So, yeah. So what was, what was the music scene like in, in Georgia when you, when you, when you're a kid? Um, like when we started playing shows, it was like really punk rock, like giant mohawks. I mean, like looking back on it, like it looked, it looked kind of cool. Cause it was like, like the punk club we played at, like it was kind of like scary to go to cause it was, you know, like crusty punks and, <laughs> um, real fa- a lot of real fashiony ones too you know like awesome jackets big mohawks a lot of skinheads which kind of sucked because they did not well they didn't, it didn't seem like they liked anybody but they really didn't like us so um you know we kind of egged it on a little bit but yeah they were so like shows were kind of violent like like the early there's this club we played at a lot called the 513 club and it was just it was just like lots of lots of fights and lots of uh, but that there was other there was cool wear like because you know it seems I don't know it seems like every city is like this now like real developed and um, harder to like do stuff in but like the area where I'm talking about that was in Atlanta you know there's these giant warehouses and you know, just clubs everywhere. We're, we're now it's like, you know, the development's gotten insane. So you can't have stuff like that. So I feel like back then, like kids, we had a club when we were like 22, there was a bunch of us that we just had this big storefront, like a bunch of kids just shifted money for it. It's called the Neutron Ball. I don't think it's everything. It feels like stuff like that's just been priced out of existence in cities at this point. But back then, I mean, half the city seemed like it was abandoned back then so you could it just seemed a lot emptier now like i guess it's like the opposite of white flight like everybody's moved back to the city and now it's super expensive like i i'm trying to find a place to live i want to buy a house back in atlanta now and i'm looking on the outskirts of the city one because i don't like the kind of neighborhood like you know the what do you call it punk neighborhood the hipster neighborhood kind of what it's become just because it it's just i don't know it's just like congested and kind of nerdy and it's like 40 dollar hamburgers and stuff like a lot that. of people bad parking yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, i'm kind of looking more out in the country like not straight up country like close enough to where i can be in the city in 30 minutes but like have a yard and not have to deal with like i don't know just all the all that because i i owned a house down there i'm getting off on a tangent but anyways, that's what this podcast is built for, Jared. A lot of people don't understand. It's just a platform for people to vent. That's what it is. <laughs> but but anyways, the music scene, yeah, it was like really punk rock. We were kind of always mismatched. I felt like with bands, but it was kind of cool. You'd have like a ska band and us and, you know, it's like grind, like a lot of grindcore bands we played with. I remember that. Um, <laughs> it was just basically anyone who was like punk was just like an umbrella for you know anyone who wasn't playing like kind of like bar i guess 
right right it was like all-encompassing just like yeah if, if you yeah, don't fall like, into these categories we were, we were punkish or alternative played together right we didn't really have a lot of bands that were like that were like oh yeah we got to play with them because they kind of sound like us we were i mean i thought we were just like a you know just a straight up american rock and roll band but um we're kind of like how i mean pretty much like how we are now just a, like way 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 shittier but there wasn't like bands like like that were kind of like doing stuff we were right the the same sound yeah yeah there yeah. wasn't anything like that so what 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 year are we talking about here like when did it really when when do you feel black lips started i guess once we put out our first record and went on tour which was like geez 2001 or two we had been like a band before them playing like how like house parties and that 513 club and some warehouses but like it wasn't really like until we like we bought a van got signed to bump records put out a record and we just went on tour for years I mean, like, what? So, what was the what was the first tour like? Was in, I mean, and when did you guys think like, all right, well, we got to go. We we have the record. We got to go out and, and sell this thing. Well, I told you, I started the band in my head when I was like eleven. So it was like that was it was there was never really much thought put into it. It was more like we weren't planning. On, that was just like, oh yeah, we put out the record now. Now we have a van. Now we go on tour. There was no one ever like questioned it. It was just kind of like everyone was kind of always on the same page. So we got this van and the first tour. I mean, it was fun as shit when we. I would. It would be hellish to do now, but you know, I was like seventeen. It was awesome. Like we just drove around the country in this like shitty van, and some of the shows were pretty good. Sometimes we choked because I booked it. I booked it mostly through like, you know, back then it was like, we sent some press packs out. That's how long ago it was. That was kind of dying out. You didn't really do that right. anymore. Like call news, none of us had cell phones then. Uh, a lot of message boards. I remember like internet message boards, you get shows through that. There was maximum rock and roll. No, it wasn't maximum rock and roll. There used to be this guide called book your own fucking life. And it was kind of like a maximum rock and roll ish type of zine that you know went around and you could call up like you know the i don't know the sh whoa the lights Ooh. just went off oh man it's, hold on let's go turn on the light please 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 there it is you're, you're back so you could like in that book your own fucking life thing it would say like i don't know like jackson mississippi called the hell house and you'd like just call up a number ask them if you could play um yeah it was i mean it was super fun and stupid and um Is we all doing it all all on your own N nobody well, else when we all like worked at this diner um and so we'd like work there for a few weeks because you'd have to save up money to go on tour because you know but we had we had this thing we'd go into vulture mode which was like how we survived like Cause yeah, you can't buy cigarettes or or food or anything. Cause you're just like have enough gas to go. But you know, when you're 17, it's just 
you bum cigarettes and you know ask people for leftovers and yeah, who cares yeah yeah who gives a shit like you can you, can, you don't even have to eat when you're 17 you're, you're invincible it's like yeah what i i'm i'm good so, just like you dirt <laughs> yeah yeah you're 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 really just like i don't and, and that's and that's like a good thing to feel at, at that time it's like yeah I'm, I'm invincible i can do whatever i want like I mean, that's what you think, at least. Right? Awesome. Like, none of us had ever, I, I just remember, like, driving west, and, like, none of us had ever seen the desert. We're like, whoa. Just, like, shit like that. There's all these, like, firsts on, like, that thing. Um, so how, how, how big was the first tour? Did you, did you primarily stay in the south, or? No, we went, we went everywhere. It was, like, <laughs> it was, like, three or four months long. <laughs> I mean, we were, you were doing shit, like, where was it? We had like, was it? Yeah, it was in Reno. Like we did like three nights in a row in Reno. It's a, it's a great place to do it. It was just dumb. You would take any show you could get. And like, since no one really had any obligations anywhere, you could just like, you know, kind of stay in a place for a while. We ended a lot of homeless shelters. Um, busked a lot. That was like a thing. I mean, it was super fun. It was just like, yeah, I, I mean that's 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 really hardcore stuff. Was that your first time eating at a at a homeless shelter? Yeah. And and how did how did that make you feel? Like oh my gosh, like we're 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 doing it, or it's like oh this is kind of sad. What how what was? No, you're your... seventeen. Everything's a. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a different. I I, Every, I didn't do that. Everything's a massive win. We thought it was awesome. We're like, oh, we get free food, and all you have to do is eat it all, and don't cuss. You can't cuss and you got to stay, you know, stay for the prayer. Um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was like good food too. It's not bad. This was in a lot of the places we went to homeless shelters were kind of like cush. It's like, remember there's a really nice one in Colorado Springs. Uh, I know we did some in Seattle. So, you know, it's like highbrow. Sure. Yeah. Up. The, the the fancy joints the upper class okay. yeah the upper echelons uh i mean that's that's a long too you said four months just going around around it was something it was like it was stupid it was like three or four months no because we started in atlanta and like down through florida then back we like did the entire thing and down through the rockies and up although we didn't hit like that dakotas and montana area i think we were just you know back and forth through the because you, you already spent enough time in one you're like, I, I don't want to go back to Montana. That's it. I, I, oh, I did no, my I time. Would, would, that, this God's country, that place is beautiful. Yeah, no, it is. Wyoming, <laughs> Montana, Idaho. It's, it's all great up there. Yeah. Very, 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 very good place up there. But you, at that time, you're like, no, nah, I don't I don't want to. Because what? Probably, I, I, yeah, I, probably not. I might have still been shell-shocked at that time. Right, uh, right after. Because you went there 16 and you're yeah. you going to it was right after that tour where I got done with Montana because most of the kids I was in there with, you all get sent, like the plan is like you go to a halfway house after that or you go to some special school for like derelicts. I was like, no. And my parents were like, yeah, we're not sending you to a halfway house. And it's always in a different state than you're from. Um, mm. so I'm glad I avoided that. Yeah. And you went on tour instead, so... Yeah, we all moved right when I got back from there, which is like, it's kind of weird they let me do this, but 
we all moved into this big punk house called like Dice Slaughter House. It was this like 10 bedroom house that was on the Georgia Tech campus. And it, that was, just, that one was stupid and fun. We had like shows and just. Well, you live on campus, man. That's what you're supposed to be doing, having fun. Yeah. None, <laughs> of us went to, none of us went to school there. <laughs> No man, I I live there. I just I don't I don't attend. I don't attend them. <laughs> I oh, you you go back to school? No, I'm going. I'm going back home, man. That's that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's that sounds that's it sounds insane though, man. That really I mean it really sounds like you you're doing a lot of living in this in as a young man. Yeah, yeah. There was I mean. We are, my kind of like view on it was like, why not? You know, uh, right. we didn't, I didn't have any interest in pursuing like further education or a career like that. And I was kind of fine with roughing it. And so were my, you know, the guys I like playing music with and the ones I was like closest to. So we were all just kind of like, well, let's just kind of, do this thing for a while like you know why not and then that ended up being you know 22 years 22 years later or 21 20 years later here i am look at you man you i don't remember it at all you no know, i mean why why would you i mean that, these are the experiences you have to have when you're young to look back yeah. on it and be like that was crazy and i lived through it yeah you, you gotta have those experiences right yeah it was yeah. Super fun did you end up breaking even after your first tour no no it was uh <laughs> it was like something we had to really work for for like i would say like until we signed until we put out like it was the first time we ever turned a profit was after we did a tour we put out a record on in the red and I remember after that first tour, we did a tour, tour with this band called The Dirt Bombs. And when we were done with that tour, I remember that was the first time, like, this boss we had, this diner we all worked at, like, he was really cool and let it, would let us go tour for a while. And he would give us shifts when we got back, like, because precedent over, like, other people that worked there, because he just really dug us, still friends with them to this day. He was like, do you guys need shifts? You're back from tour. It's just like, no. And that was like a big day. I bet. I mean, that's that's great. No waging a war against Panera Bread that day or anything like that. <laughs> no need. Yeah, that was yeah, like the big turning point. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that's when we were able to like, I mean, it wasn't like we were able to you know, pay rent, live. Not, yeah, we didn't have to go to homeless shelters anymore. It was all good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that is a, that's a huge turning point for sure. Where, where did the name come from? The Black Lips? Yeah. That's been so we've asked ourselves for a long time. I think the guy who came up with it uh, passed away um, a long time ago. He was our, he was a drummer in our band, The Renegades. Uh, Adley Harris. Um, yeah, he came up with it. I think it was like you kind of thought like Joan Jett and the Black Hearts sounded cool, and then we had like a graphic of like all like Marilyn Monroe lips, and then we were using that on a flyer, and it just became like the Black Lips. 
I mean, that's, that's tight, though, that it's, it's survived for so long. Yeah, I mean, not the best name. We actually didn't know, like, we, like, didn't know there was, like, tons of bands with, like, Black in the name back then. We were kind of naive. Uh, I mean, we knew, like, Black Flag. We also thought we were geniuses. We, we thought we had come up with, like, Garage Rock on our own. And then we realized that there was, like, tons of... <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of hubris yeah that's i mean that's that, that's great though you, you thought that you were on the cutting edge of it but yeah. it means but in that sense you're parallel thinking with some great bands as well so it's like that's not a bad I, place to be in i think our thing was we were like you know we listened to punk rock a lot but we kind of more like we were more into like link ray and like like them like van morrison's group and like rolling stones and we were like we thought we were geniuses like Dude, what if we were like a '60s band, but like we were like punk? But then there is, you know, there's that had been going on forever. I mean, but it's 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 worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, you guys have been. I mean, you said you said like 20 years, right? I mean, like 2001. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Man, it's yeah. a long time in 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 the same band. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much it's been me and Cole the whole time. We've had a bunch of other people come and go. Yeah, but I I mean to have two people still sticking around for twenty years. I mean that that, that really says something. It's yeah. great. It's great. Do, do you ever look think back and think like that's that's a large amount of time to be with the same band? Yeah, I guess because since it's just been the entire time. Like since like before puberty, I never really think about it as being like it's just like that's what I that's like kind of my life. So I'm never like whoa, it's been that long. It's just what I've always done. Right, right. Um, well, let me tell you from an outside perspective, it's it's a long time. Let me put this in perspective for you. I'm 21 years old. So 21. I'm 21 years old. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So you've you've been doing it since I was twenty years old. So I mean, like that's that's yeah. basically my entire life. My life, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot. That's a lot. You're, 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 you're none of our. You're in a, you haven't been a fan since day. No, I know, I know. I'm I'm a I I kind of bandwagon stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys uh, toured the Middle East though like in in the in the early part of the 2000s yeah like uh, 2011 i think yeah i mean <laughs> when did that how did that come about why whose idea was it to go it was mine um well just like i mean again that's another one like why not we had gone to so many like places and um i think it just started off like oh it'd be cool if we played in the Middle East. I think someone was talking about like, I had heard a friend, maybe he was in the military, like talking about USO shows. And I was like, oh, I want to play over there, but I don't want to play a USO show. I mean, I would, but I mean, you have to be like huge to do that. You have to be like, I don't know, like Ice Cube or something. But uh, and we just, I think it was just something we just started talking about. Like sometimes we'll just start talking about something for a long time and see what sticks. And I just started telling people we we're going to tour in the Middle East. I did start telling, I was just like, I just started like 
saying it in interviews and I was just like and I and finally we met this guy Bill Cody he made this awesome documentary in the 80s called Athens Georgia Inside Out it was like it's like B-52s and REM and stuff um but I was telling him and then he was like well I like I go to Iraq a bunch and like he was like I know a lot of people there like I could probably make this happen and so that's kind of how it started from there like me kind of bullshitting with him about it and then we yeah we just started kind of like our first tour you know early tours through like message boards and myspace and stuff um yeah we just pieced it together and it was awesome and every show was really good yeah was that no was that the same time that uh vice was out there with you filming that they didn't really you know not to throw any shade on Vice because I'm still buddies with a lot of them, but they didn't really, they sent us, like one guy came, he only, he already lived in Jordan. So he just like was with us for a couple of days in Jordan and they used some of our footage. We brought our own film crew from Holland, which like was just two people. But I, I was really hoping Vice would do whole, because we did, we used to do stuff like that with them a lot. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, like they missed out on like, luckily we got some of our own footage in Iraq, but like all the stuff we did in Lebanon, which I thought was real cool. Cause Lebanon was really like, I mean, Lebanon's not like a weird place to go. Like Beirut's like, you know, a real hips, not that, not that Iraq's not hip or whatever, but like when we played in Iraq, you know, most I would say pretty much everyone at that show had never been to like a rock like concert, but in Beirut, that's like normal. So yeah. like we didn't get any, and we were in Beirut for like two weeks. I don't know why we didn't get footage there. Um, but yeah, some of the other, and I don't think we did a lot of, like we didn't get a lot of stuff in Egypt. Yeah, we could have done a, it was awesome going. I'm glad we at least got some footage. I'd travel, I've traveled a lot. So I kind of worked my way up to that one. Iraq was definitely like a bit different. Um, but you know, it wasn't like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe I don't, I don't know what is culture shock really. Like you freak out and you're like, oh God, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know, it was, it was like pretty chill. Like, honestly, um, in, when we went to India, that was, that. Okay, I can see that's there's like a little culture shock there, a, a, a teensy bit. Just a little bit, just just, just yeah, the, the tiniest bit. bit. I mean, that's that that's crazy though to 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 go there. Would you would you ever go back now to the Middle East? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to go back. Um, you know, I wish I would have stayed for for a couple of years. I stayed in touch with some people, but you know, you always kind of lose over 10 years you kind of lose touch with people um yeah i would definitely go back um you know like i said uh i can't i wouldn't go back to every like i didn't like i wasn't a huge fan of dubai that was like not so like i mean it wasn't like bad being there but it's never somewhere i would be like oh i really want to go back there and go to like that mall yeah you have you have like but, favorite um, places of course yeah uh, like Beirut's definitely a place I'd like to go back to. 
Beirut was awesome. Cairo was really cool. And those are the two of the cities we spent like really the most time in. Um, yeah, I would, de I would definitely like to go back. Yeah. I'm surprised um, more bands don't play like Beirut. It, I guess it, like sometimes it, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I'd love to go back. But you did. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, uh, what, what, what year was that around? The Middle East? Yeah. 20, in, I think it was 2011. 2011. To put this into perspective, I was 11, man, when you were doing that. Yeah, I bet you were a tour in the Middle East. No, I wasn't. I, 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 again, man, I'm a fucking poser, dude. Yeah, I wasn't doing shit back then, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's really, um, that's really crazy that you're able to, like, kind of, for lack of a better term, manifest it into, like, happening. That you just, it was like a funny thing to say, and then you finally did it. I mean, that's that's rad. Yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. We started like kind of just saying we were gonna do that, and then we did. You're a man but of I, your word. We had, to, we had been to Israel a couple times before then, so it wasn't like it wasn't like something that was like that far fetched. Like we tried to bullshit our way into Antarctica for a while, and that actually we got really close to doing, like super close. But fucking Metallica stole our thunder. Um, fucking Metallica. No, we just started telling everyone we were going to be, and maybe I should just, just start saying it again. Because now I found out about, there's actually a little <clears throat> music festival they have down at that one military base. But yeah, we tried to bullshit our way into Antarctica. And we came really close. Like, I think Vice, like, kind of found, because, I mean, I think it, it costs, like, a few grand per person probably more so i think they had found some like sponsor to get us there like to the middle for the middle east we had to find sponsors like it, it was either vans or converse that helped us you know you're not making enough money to travel sure right i think it was like rei or north face some you know one of those outdoorsy things <laughs> but um proud sponsors of this podcast here jared trying to get some free shit <laughs> so yeah Patagonia. The, uh, the, the Antarctica thing kind of piddled out. I, we heard that Metallica did it as we were talking about doing it. And I have, I have a friend that's in a pretty famous heavy metal band that knows Metallica. And he said that they took the, he had somehow they had, I don't know, I'd like to believe it's true, but they had heard that we were kind of being, you know, throwing it around that we're going to be the first one to play on seven continents. And, but they didn't actually play on the continent. They played on a, on a boat that was moored off the coast. So that doesn't really count. Doesn't count at all. They're a bunch of biters, dude. <laughs> so I'd like, I'd like to still maybe try and do that. But now I bet the next thing is going to be like, oh, first person to play in space, which is, you know, you only, you pay like fucking 300 grand to go up there for 10 minutes. William Shatner was there for less than 10 minutes. Yeah. No, no thanks. <laughs> we got we got we got bigger problem bigger fish to fry down here yeah what's going on in the ocean dude let's let's start there you know we always wanted to play on a boat we've played on a lot of boats <laughs> what are you this the sex pistols dude <laughs> <laughs> we played on we've done we've had our fair share of good boat ones yeah what um what are what are some what are some shows from touring that really like stand out to you i mean the middle east was that was pretty big um you know it's hard for me 
to recall like single shows right now you know there's like on the spot i can't think of a lot of them like jacob i'm gonna be straight with you please i used to drink a lot i don't drink anymore but most of the time i was out there i was consuming a lot of alcohol so there's a lot of shows i don't remember fair enough a lot of them them were documented um Yeah, no, that's that's fine. But like, I mean, obviously, the, the Middle East is is uh, I mean, sticks out to you. There's been a lot of special ones. Like, fuck, every time we play in Mexico City, I feel like there's a riot, and always awesome. You know, I mean, there's good ones. I can't. If, if I were to sit there and kind of look back and be like, oh shit, yeah, that one was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that, I mean, that the amount of t- the traveling that you've done, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's mind boggling to, f- from an outside perspective. I mean, touring all, I mean, we, we used six continents, I guess, right? Yeah, six so far. Depending on who you ask, that's always a highly debated thing. Six it's- so far. We might do seven, you know. I'm not, not I'm not discounting uh, um, Antarctica just yet. And there's still a lot more places I go. You know, we haven't. There's a lot more places in South America I'd like to play. There's a lot more places in Southeast Asia. Um, you know, as far as like feasible places that you can go that we haven't played yet, I think it's pretty much down to a few more countries in South America, a few more in Southeast Asia. We haven't done China yet, which I'm kind of surprised. But I have no idea what the scene's like there. I don't know if anyone knows who we are, but you know, that's a lot of people are doing stuff in China. So I figure we might as well check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I think people would dig it for sure, man. But uh, the, the, the first time that you ever left the country, was it on tour? No, the first time I left the country, I went on a school trip to Russia <laughs> when I was in like, it was eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade. Man, that's we crazy. To, we went to Russia and it was like, actually that trip was kind of a disaster for our school. Um, this was a public school. I don't know why my parents, I guess my parents wanted me to travel, but they offered this tour that you could go on for these students. And, you know, your parents had to pay only like six students. From the whole, you know, I went to a massive public school. So out of everyone, only six people went. They didn't even, like, none of us took Russian. They didn't teach Russian at my school. I think it was just like some tour company sold our school, like this, or the school district, like this package. And we went, and we were with our Spanish teacher. And it was just like kind of a disaster. Like, we all got, like, because you're with other school groups once you get over there and there's all these like we were like taking trains at night and staying in hotels with other school groups so there's like all these british kids when you're in russia you can buy booths so we were buying like we were buying vodka in the hotel and yeah it was just like a disaster like there's a group of deaf kids with us and like i don't know like Russian people aren't super tolerant of a lot of things. So like having this big group of deaf kids like out in places, 
caused a lot of trouble. There's like people of color in our group, which is not, I guess, like a huge thing in Russia. Um, I remember we went to a hockey game that got like, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, people like fighting and stuff and we had to like get out of there. It was, it was just like a total mess. I know DeKalb County Schools didn't do, I think the kicker was we were out at a bar one night with our teachers and we weren't supposed to be at bars. And this one girl, she like leaned, it was like this Beatles themed bar. And uh, she like leaned on this like stained glass window thing and it fell and broke. And so, you know, the Russians are like, you know, it's not like a TGI Fridays. They're like, you have to pay for that. Um, so I guess our teacher called the girl's parents and she was like, no, I'm not paying for that. She's on a school trip. Like they can, you guys can deal with it. Well, this is Russia. Um, and I don't know all the details of what happened, but all I know is like the next morning in the hotel, there's all these like big, like business guy looking dudes, like in, you know, suits and stuff talking to Senior Abadia and our, and our Russian guide was this Irish guy that spoke Russian Cornelius and they were just talking to them and I remember it being a really huge deal and then we flew to like that was like trip was over I'm pretty sure it was some like mafia thing you know but there was no one like if the girl's parents weren't gonna send money like you know our Spanish teacher you know on a public school teacher's salary is like you know no one's gonna pay for that I wasn't gonna pay for it I had like I had like a hundred dollars Actually, I had almost no money because the first day they were, it was like 98. So they were switching from the old ruble to the new ruble. And I tried to be a hot shot and go out and change my own money and not do it with the group. And so I came back to the hotel like, oh, I already, I already did the exchange rate. And they looked at the, so I just had a ton of worthless money because they were like phasing out the old ruble into the new. Oh, <laughs> oh man, dude. It was still a blast. I mean, that, that was like, that was really, and then that's why I really wanted to tour Europe. We went to, we toured Europe not too long after that. I was what, eighth grade, you're like 15? Eighth grade, you're uh, 14. 13, 14. Yeah, so like four years later, I was touring Europe with the band. <laughs> that's wild, man. I, I like how your school is like, no, we don't have anybody who speaks Russian or like a Russian teacher. We'll we'll send a Spanish teacher though. That's that's no problem. Yeah, that was weird. It was, and I remember it was really. I I actually did really feel feel bad about it because I mean kids talk, and so we got there. He was like the he's Spanish. It's not a big deal for him to drink around you know kids. I mean it's, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but like when we got back to school, we were like yeah, we were all drinking with Senior Abadia, and then he probably. I just remember he like came up to my locker and was like, cussed me out. He was pissed. I was like, you know, it's like an eighth grader. Of course, I'm going to tell when I get back to school, I'm going to tell everyone everything. I drank a beer with a teacher. Right, right. Like, what were you thinking? You think we're going to be like tight lipped about it? Oh, man. That's um, like, that's on that's you. That's wild. Yeah, that, no, that is on him. Yeah, that is on him that he would trust 13, 14 year olds. Like, hey, it's just between us. Yeah, we're going to tell everybody that we like, drank a beer with the teacher that was like a big deal it was a big deal that they took us to a bar yeah <laughs> that's that's really funny man um do you think that that's what gave you your 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 travel bug though is that like that first outing no um 
I just always wanted to. Like, you know, I've always been really interested in everywhere else that wasn't where I was. I mean, even though I'm really interested in um, stuff from where I'm from, I was just always kind of, I was just always real, like when I was a kid, like, uh, you know, my, my hobby when I was in, inside was just like looking through all the Encyclopedia Britannicas, just like, like crazy. You wouldn't understand that, but we didn't have the internet. And so we just had these big, and uh, so that was like it's just it's just hold on here, Jared. Okay, I got the almanac right here. All right. Oh. <laughs> if you if you think I don't know what's what, <laughs> uh, just, this is 2008, by the way. It's a little bit it's out of date. <laughs> uh, no, I was just real fast. I just wanted to see everything, and I also around that time, my dad um, and my family they used to have churches. Like my dad had churches in Uganda in Nigeria and in yeah. Peru and I used to go to Peru with him every year for like five or six years we went to a, he had a there was like it's like missions trip so we'd go down there and build house it was like Habitat for Humanity and with this church so we'd go there and build houses and he would do his preaching thing and I like I made a bunch of friends when I was there so I went every every year a couple times a year and that was like I was like I was like in heaven I went down there so I was like I really want to that was a huge reason why I wanted to tour all the time because I was I got the itch to travel like really really young. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you and you continued to to travel. I mean, because I mean, yeah. I, how, how old are you now? You're I'm what? Thirty eight. I was gonna guess thirty seven, and I would have been real close. But I mean, thirty eight years old to be going to these. I mean, how many people do you know? Obviously, besides. Cole and the past members of Black Lips, do you know I've traveled as much as you have? I mean, other people in bands. But, in bands, uh, though. I mean, so you're, you're in like a select, like really great kind of niche amount of people who have done this, you know? Yes. I'd like to do, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to travel. So, well, I mean, we're going to Europe in one week, but... Uh, yes, and by the way, this episode will be dropping when you're in Europe. So anybody who's who's listening uh, right now, go check Black Lips' website for details on tickets and whatnot. I mean, how stoked are you to be going out again? Oh, man, I'm, I'm really stoked. It was like kind of a crazy... I mean, it was a crazy year for everyone. Mine was... Mine was pretty harrowing, as I'm sure most other people's were, and I'm ready to do it again and get out there. And but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I like touring over there, and yeah, I'm just ready to start doing doing stuff again. Because what what uh what was last outside of U.S. tour that you did? Uh, I can't even remember. Oh, it was last time we were in Europe. It was like not this past November, but the November before it. So, so it's been a minute. You've you've you take you've taken it off, taken off you some time. Take off, man, the world shut down. I mean, but I didn't say that you chose to. It's just that that's just what happened. Yeah. I didn't say it was on you that you chose <laughs> to not go there. You couldn't. But uh, that's great, man. That you're going back out there. That's that's really cool. Are you excited? Yeah. You're you're excited to get back out there? Yeah. Yeah, really excited. Good. Uh, and then we're 
we're staying there for like three months. We're going to, after the tour, we're going to stay in Paris and start working on a new record and see what happens from there. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's awesome, man. What, uh, real quick, what country could you see yourself living in outside of us? And I would only live in America. No, I, uh, If that's your answer, that's fine. I'll accept it. I almost, I almost moved to Germany, or I was thinking about moving to Germany earlier this year, but then I thought about winters there, and I couldn't do it. Like, Atlanta's too rough for me. I could live in Mexico. That'd probably be the only place I'd, I'd do besides here. I mean, if we're talking about, like, just living there for the summer or living there for, for real. For real for three years. Three real. years. Three years. So it's not for real, for real, but it's it's a good chunk of time. Three years. It would have to be somewhere where I could do stuff for three years. So, oh, fuck, that's hard. I wouldn't want to go. Maybe Mexico. That's the only one I can think of that I, I could do for three years. All right. Fair enough. All right. Now, somewhere besides me. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make Um. Jared, I know that we that we got to wrap it up, but um, I want to I want to tell the people that they can find Black Lips's music on all streaming platforms. You guys are everywhere, and uh, be sure to buy the new album. In a world that is falling apart, are you are you, are you stoked on that album? It, it it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm stoked on it. It came out like the day COVID came out, so we didn't really get to tour on it. But I guess we'll tour tour on it now. I think they got the drop on it just like Metallica did. Yeah. <laughs> just before everybody. And um, the people can can find that at blacklips.com along with the merch you guys have, which is also there. And um, you guys are again touring Europe right now as we speak, or as people yeah. are listening to this. So probably in Poland right now. Yeah. That's I mean, that's, that's a good place to be. If not Poland, where else? You know. Is there anything else that we need to promote before we wrap this up? No, just, uh, you know, thank you for listening. Thanks for, thanks for chatting. Uh, nothing to promote, you know. Oh, yeah, we do have a single that came out. Uh, it'll probably be sold out. I don't think they did very many of them. That one's probably going to be, it's really pretty packaging. It's this Italian label. I'll put it out. But yeah, I don't really have anything to promote. Just come to our shows if you're around. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Definitely do. All right, Jared, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. I'm going to stop recording. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, man.